Hi, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is Miles Anglis, master student at the University of Kentucky. Like we said in the last podcast, um, so in our psych- psychopathology class, we were given the opportunity to make a, a podcast where we talk about an intersection of a demographic and a mental illness. So as a lifelong athlete, the demographic that I've chosen is athletes, and I'm always interested in, in what can bring an athlete to the next level. And sometimes that's hindered by mental illness. So I've got a, a special guest today. She's been on the podcast before. She's my mom. She's Dr. Judith Tutton. And um, mom, why don't you give a little, little, little spark note background, and then we'll get right into it. Okay. I'm a clinical psychologist, got my degree at the University of Vermont in 84, and I've been practicing in various capacities ever since, currently in private practice. Awesome. So in the last podcast, as we were closing, we started hitting on another topic and another mental illness, which is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and how that pertains particularly to athletes. And we were kind of talking about PTSD right after an injury and how sometimes it could rather than you getting over an injury quickly and and where you've been it's it's this kind of babying throughout your throughout your recovery and and return to play yeah yeah because I think you know one of the hallmarks of PTSD and really of anxiety in general is and because PTSD actually used to be an anxiety disorder, even though it's now its own set of disorders. But anyway, uh, is avoidance, right? And that idea that the the more you avoid, the more you experience um, the negative repercussions of the event as decreasing. So if you can avoid getting back on the field, for example, then you don't experience that anticipatory anxiety like, oh, I might get injured again. Does that make sense? Yeah. So anticipatory anxiety is kind of how you would describe PTSD for someone who's unfamiliar with it. Is that, is that kind of where you were going? Um, oh, yeah. Was that the question? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's one aspect of how it interferes with functioning. I think um, PTSD is so much more... Um, you know, noxious than just that anticipatory anxiety. It could be replaying the accident in your mind, you know, 20 times a day, or in some cases, 24 um, seven. It, it can involve uh, just having flashbacks, either as you're going to the field or just randomly of the uh, incident, um, maybe, sort of hypervigilance to your environment, always being um, fearful, um, reactive, insomnia, and then just a score of other kind of personal, interpersonal problems that go along with that kind of disruptive um, functioning. Um, so it's, you know, it's not a fun thing to have. Yeah. So, so you've hit on a lot of things there. Um, and we talked about injury, but what kind of other things can bring on symptoms of PTSD for an athlete? Because as we talked about in the anxiety podcast is athletes don't operate in a vacuum. So there's more going on than just sport. So could things outside of sport kind of cross the bounds into sport and be debilitating in that way? Do you mean if, if you've had a traumatic experience outside of sport? Yes. yes. Yeah, of course. I mean, if, if you've, uh, you know, been in a attacked, you know, physically or been in a 
car accident with a fatality or witnessed one of those, um, you could have PTSD from that event, which then is going to affect your, I mean, because if you have PTSD, it's not just going to affect the sphere in which the trauma occurred, it's going to be pervasive in your life, right? So um, like say first responders, um, you know, firemen and women, mm-hmm. right? They may see something and experience something horrendous. And it's not just going to be when they go back to fight a fire that they're experiencing PTSD, it's going to be 24 seven. Right? Yeah. And kind of scaling it down from that and thinking from an athlete perspective, it's like, you know, in, in my situation where I broke my foot and then I came back after 14, 16 weeks, something, it was like I would be doing something and then maybe I'm getting up off the couch and I bang my foot on the on the door frame and it's like an instant recall of everything that happened and it right. it's almost like my heart rate spikes and I'm feeling my foot to make sure it's okay. I'm looking to see if there's any blood, even though it's like this innocuous, just like right. I banged right. into a door frame. I, yeah, it's, it's okay. a flashback, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that can happen. Um, you know, I'm not sure that rises to the level of PTSD, you know, which of course, requires a, 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 again, that kind of excessive, disproportionate and pervasive experience, which I, I think that's normal after you've broken your foot to bang it and be worried that something might, you know, have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it can be very persistent in that way, even in a mild form. And I would say that we know now that, or you know, even witnessing a traumatic event um, and I'm thinking that you witnessed sort of someone sliding into a um, goal frame once. That was and, me, I think. I think it was no, me. No, no. Well, you did that, but I, I think there was a, or it, it was some other goalie thing. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. Um, oh, some he broke his leg. He wasn't a goalie. Yeah, the, the kid that broke uh, his leg. I yeah. mean, that was pretty traumatic, right? For right. everyone. Mm-hmm. So witnessing something like that as an athlete can also cause PTSD, um, you know, in witnesses and, uh, abusive environments in sport can create PTSD. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier how PTSD can impact an athlete when they're in competition, but how might it also impact them outside of competition? You talked about a few things, uh, you said insomnia in in particular, but there were a few other things that you mentioned. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think like the kind of flashback that you were talking about, you know, imagine having that like 20 times a day. It's hard to like interact and do what you need to do if that's happening to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it could affect your schoolwork if you're a college athlete or your um, relationships, both. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, again, that avoidance that we often see with anxiety. So maybe avoiding your teammates because they remind you what happened um or your coaches uh maybe avoiding school completely because the whole thing kind of reminds you of what happened um if you're not sleeping you could have nightmares if you're not sleeping well that might detect uh, affect your focus and attention in the classroom or even in a conversation so relationships can be affected um yeah i mean i think that ptsd is one of the more devastating um, disorders that's not you know, a severe disorder like schizophrenia, for example. Yeah. When, when you were talking about 
some of the impacts that it's going to have outside of competition. You were talking about avoiding teammates and coaches as part of this avoidance. And that was something I never thought about, but it was also something that if I had thought about it, it would have been something that I would have been so unable to do just because as being part of a team sport and being like, if I didn't want to go to rehab, well then the team trainer probably would have just yanked me out of bed and dragged right. me there. <laughs> right. So, well, but imagine if you were trying to avoid how anxious that would make you. Exactly. So what, what kind of methods or techniques can we use to help an athlete who may be feeling that way? Cause I, you know, I hadn't even thought of that before because although my, my injury happened at practice, it was still like, I, I needed to see the team because that was the only thing that was like, keeping me sane because you know I went to college in Omaha Nebraska and if I (laughs) wasn't playing soccer I wouldn't have been there right so you wouldn't have had any friends if you didn't see the team (laughs) so like what kind of methods or techniques can we help an athlete who may be feeling this way or some suffering from symptoms of PTSD um yeah that's a really good question I mean I think the idea of getting you out of bed to go to um the training room is a good one but it may be in a kinder gentler way (laughs) so we don't want um you know the athlete to be engaging in avoidance because we know that that's really not helpful um and but of course you also don't want to just throw them back in the ring so you know maybe understanding some of what's likely to happen after that kind of traumatic event, even if you don't have PTSD, right? It it was still a traumatic event. Yeah. So understanding what happened, what can happen, um, how you might have flashbacks, how you might have trouble sleeping or have nightmares, how you might, you know, just feel really sort of weird and not like yourself. And you might want to, um, you know, avoid, and then explaining how important it is to kind of get back in and feel like you um, can be in control again and that you, um, you know, it's like, you know, maybe sort of finding meaning from it, you know, it's going to really help you appreciate, you know, where you are in your sport and how important it is to you. Um, meaning is really important um, in, you know, sort of combating some of the, effects of PTSD, right? This this happened for a reason and I can sort of understand what this is in terms of me personally. Um, And sometimes professional help, you know, I don't want to underplay that if it's really serious. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not improving, it's not getting better and it's really interfering with your entire life. And yeah, absolutely professional help. So as you were talking, you you mentioned how like I referred to like just getting yanked out of bed by the trainer and being dragged into the training room, which, you know, I wasn't being serious. I mean, it would have been pretty close to that, but it wouldn't have been exactly that. So I almost feel like rather than if an athlete is suffering from symptoms of PTSD, rather than getting them into the training room right away and starting them with the rehab, it's almost like almost rebuilding a rapport with the athlete and letting them know that, that they belong and that they shouldn't be, embarrassed or worried about showing up to the training room as if they're somehow a visitor in their own locker room. Right, right. Well, I, I mean, and I think you're pointing out like what I, what I didn't say is probably one of the most important um, things in um, dealing with PTSD is, is social support. Mm-hmm. And so I remember when you had a teammate who broke his leg, even though you 
weren't super close with him and you went to visit him in the hospital. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, knowing that um, your team is there, your friends are there, your family is there is really helpful. Your coaches are there and your trainers there, regardless of, yes, whether you're back immediately in the game, that you're still part of the family. You know? Yeah. Kind of thing. So, yeah, so that was kind of what I was getting at is like, it's almost like even if you don't want to right away start with therapy, with physical therapy, that might not be the worst thing in the world just to kind of go back to what we were talking about in the anxiety podcast, where we were just talking about this person over athlete approach. So rather than just looking at it as like, we've got to get player X back in the game as soon as possible. Well, for most of the guys on the team, we weren't from Omaha. So we're away from home. We're away from our families. And the way that things worked is, is where we would be sent to the hospital and our parents wouldn't have the opportunity to get out there that quick. So it's almost like just taking that approach where we care about them as people rather than just as robots playing a sport is going to be really advantageous in helping to mitigate some of the debilitating effects of PTSD for athletes. Right. Cause you know, you still have that support there. I mean, I think the other piece that, that is um, sort of, uh, problematic for athletes is that, it, you know, regardless of uh, whether you're an athlete or not, if you have an injury, you have to go to physical therapy or you're not mm-hmm. going to heal right in, in many cases, right? So it's kind of like you're back in the training room, so it feels like you're training for your sport, but that's also your physical therapy, right? Is that right? Because he did your physical therapy, right? You didn't go to separate who, physical therapy. Your trainer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you, you know, you have to do your physical therapy. You can't like not do that or you're not going to walk properly or whatever the injury is. Does that, make, does that make sense? So it is like blurred together for athletes. Like if you're just a regular person, you go to advanced rehab, right? And you do your rehab. You don't have to worry about. Exactly. Routine. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's also the good part of being an athlete, right? You have this family. Yeah. Yeah. You made, that- you know? Yeah, that's something that we talked about when I was going to college was that, I mean, we're from Georgia. So, you know, going halfway across the country to Omaha is a little bit scary. And if I were doing that without knowing anybody, it would be even more scary. But you almost have like this family going back to the social support that you were talking about and how important that is in the care for this kind of mental illness is like you've already got that social support. And not to say that you're going to get along with everybody, but you are going to click with a few people. And that's going to be really huge in this process. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the other piece that maybe goes along with social support, but maybe would be important for trainers and, um, you know, even your peers is to help you talk about what's going on with you, you know, and that, you know, I think we talked about that in the last podcast also that you, you know, you really want to be able to kind of disclose the fears and anxiety that you're having. Yeah. And I to feeling like you have to be tough guy, you know, and that's tough because vulnerability is scary for some people. Well, especially for athletes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not supposed to like be in pain or supposed to keep playing through your pain right you're not supposed to be uh have self-doubt you know we're gonna kill this right (laughs) yeah you you know so this is very different and so being able to talk about that um, and kind of when you were talking about social support it kind of made me think about self-efficacy and another part of self-efficacy is like the 
the vicarious experiences or the modeling. So when we see professional organizations, like for example, the New Zealand All Blacks starting to do a real push for mental health advocacy, mm-hmm. and they're talking about how important vulnerability is because as an athlete, you're away from your family so much, you might be away from your significant other just as much. So being able to confide in the group around you and understand that like, I can be vulnerable with you and know that you're going to be vulnerable with me and it's not going to be used against us. It's going to be a way that we can understand each other a little bit better so that when we're going through tough times, like when we're talking about PTSD, these are things that we can help each other out with. Do you think that, you know, um, sort of enhances your feelings of self-efficacy in the situation? Absolutely, that you can get Mm -hmm. through a difficult situation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, again, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, Mom. It's always a pleasure. Um, it's awesome and makes me think a lot more about some of the things that you went through. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if this is really for the best or not, but maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it is. Yeah. All right. Well, again, I really appreciate it, mom. I know that you're busy, so I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. Glad to do it. <laughs>